everyone, Pastor Mark here for another Short Stories episode on the Our Story podcast. And today, I am so excited because I have my dear friend, Pastor Bridie Roberts here. She is the associate uh, pastor over at Hollywood United Methodist Church, as well as the director of community organizing at Unite Here Local 11. Bridie, well, you know, I could just brag about her all day, but then, you know, we wouldn't be able to have a Short Stories episode conversation about... We're going to talk about what in the world is Lent. And so the one thing that I, I've learned from a historical uh, aspect about Lent is that it didn't start off as, quote-unquote, Lent with the early church, that it took a while to build in, although they had some elements, but it really didn't become official uh, in canonical law until somewhere around in the medieval period. So that sort of blew my mind. I was like, oh, wow, really? It took that long. So... But we've brought you here today to talk to us about, okay, well, what in the world is Lent? So, Bridie, what do you got? Sure. I mean, you're right, Mark. Um, you know, I think that Lent has evolved. It evolved from the, the early days that you're referring to, like during that medieval period, to the practices that we see now. And I think those practices are also changing in response to people's faith life. Um, Lent is this 40-day period, not including Sundays. Um, those are uh, saint and celebration days. Uh -huh. um, the 40 days before Easter, um, leading starting with Ash Wednesday um, and leading all the way up into Holy Week to Holy Saturday. Um, it's a time to set apart for intentional reflection, prayer, sometimes fasting, sometimes devotion um, for the better understanding of the ministry of Christ's work leading up to his crucifixion and then um, to prepare us for that time where he dies on the cross and is resurrected. So we don't have a lot of these seasons within the church that we set aside to be intentional about struggle, um, but this is one of them. And one of the things that I think is really powerful about Lent is it gives us permission in some ways to talk about some of the hard parts of our faith and even our life, right? Like our mm. Our Christianity is really, um, it's life-giving. It is about the resurrection, but there is a journey that takes Jesus to the cross that's really important because pieces of that are often reflected in our own lives and our own pathways. Wow. So you, you mentioned Ash Wednesday. What is Ash Wednesday? So Ash Wednesday is the first period or the first day in this period of Lent and one of the I think a lot of people don't know what it is because actually in many Christian traditions um, ashes are not imposed so we have it we have a service of intentional prayer where we come together we prepare ourselves for this period of reflection repentance renewal which is Lent um, and we uh, impose ashes which means we bring ashes and in some traditions the ashes are made from the burned palm leaves of the previous Palm Sunday. Mm. In our congregation, um, we gather prayers during Lent, and we save them, and we often burn those. But it's usually a clean, fine ash. And um, during the ritual, it is um, marked on your forehead with a cross, just a simple cross, um, and with the words from dust we come to dust we return, to remind us that the fleshly life that we live, this life that we're in every day, it, it, it's finite. 
it ends, right? But the promise of resurrection, the promise of Jesus is that we move beyond the flesh to become eternal in a different way. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think one of the powerful pieces of that too is the reminder that Jesus also worked, walked the earthly life and his body was just as weak and, and broken as our own. Um, and all of us are connected in that way. So what I was saying before, though, is not, not everybody celebrates this, right? So I was just meeting with a friend, a Baptist minister, and she said, oh, no, we don't do that. That's high church. <laughs> and I don't think anybody, <laughs> anybody in our tradition at Harmony Toluca Lake or at Hollywood Methodist would consider ourselves high church, but it is sort of an ancient symbolic practice that ties us to the journey and paths of millions of Christian people that came before us. But if someone doesn't practice it, it doesn't mean that they are less connected. It just means that that ritual is not a part of their life. Um, and so you may not have heard about it before, and that's totally normal. But in our practice, in our tradition, in our church, it's just like a really important way to have that deep spiritual and physical connection to each other and to the past that comes before us. Mm. And most people, so you may not have heard of Ash Wednesday, but pretty much everybody's heard of Mardi Gras. Oh, or yeah. Fat Tuesday. So if you don't <laughs> practice Ash Wednesday, that's fine. But you should know that the whole purpose of Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday is to party it all out before we enter into this period of repentance during Lent. Uh. That's why all the festivities end on Tuesday night before Ash Wednesday. Because for many people, you fast during Lent, which might mean you give up alcohol or you give up um, flour or sugar or things like that. And um, when I was growing up in the Midwest, like the Lutherans practiced something called Shrove Tuesday. They'd have everybody over for a big pancake supper on Tuesday night right. to get rid of all the fat, the butter, the sugar in their house. Um, in my house, we had Mardi Gras, so like, <laughs> Tuesday night was not about pancakes. <laughs> uh, it was about a more festive atmosphere. But the idea is that the next day you are entering into a period of reflection and fasting. So you might not see all those goodies and fun times for um, another 40 days. Wow, 40 days. Yeah. That's a Plus long. Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Plus Sundays? It seems long. Oh, come um, on. That's a long time. But I think that that's part of why it's important for us to think about what are the things that we can do during that time to not only sustain our faith, but to grow it, right? So it's essentially six days at a time. And then Sundays are technically celebration days. So you don't have mm. to observe your fast. Um, you might do some of the other things. You know, I've I recommend people do whatever works for them. But, I mean, I think there's two kind of elements that I want to think about. You know, during Lent, in some traditions, very typically for a long time, um, one of the elements that marks this is fasting. And so we keep talking about fasting, right? Mark, have you ever fasted? Yes. Uh, in a religious way? Yes. What's one way that you have fasted? Uh, well, f uh, I remember one year I decided to not eat meat. And so I fasted from all meat products. That was hard. It is hard. That was not easy. And then having to look at everything going, okay, what is, what is it containing? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at maybe even this year, uh, which will make Donna, our, our producer, very happy <laughs> as I might, might go for vegan. Oh, my goodness. So I might fast and go for vegan. That, and that is also extremely hard because that, you know, sudden removal of yep. dairy and everything else. And why, why would you, what is it about giving up those things that's meaningful to you? Well, f particularly for me, I uh, so I'll go back to the meat. Uh, I was thinking about the environment and the impact of these products that have on the environment and upon all creatures that God has created, as well as the impact that's had on me and thinking about health, um, 
and so it was a way of, and a struggle. Boy, it was a struggle. Uh, well, like another year, I decided no sugar. Yeah. Yep. And so you sort of have the sugar withdrawal. Absolutely. Uh, also, though, right, I will remember the year that I decided to do the meat fast. I did, I will admit, one day I, well, I'll say I uh, was unable to fast like I had hoped because everything that was for me, I was in the South. Mm-hmm. And I was at my family's, and it was on a Sunday, but it was on a Sunday, yeah. so maybe we could call it a cheat day. Yes, you could right? do that. It's a, it's but a, the It's a saint day. It's a celebration. It's right, not cheating. But <laughs> it, my family was really working really well with me about the no meat, but then on that Sunday, it was pot roast, and and all everything in the refrigerator was meats, and I was like, well, I, and it was a big family gathering. I went, you know what? God will forgive me, and so I decided... <laughs> to go ahead and have the pot roast. But it was only one day out of the entire yeah. uh, Lenten season. You know, I think um, it is very traditional, actually, in Lent. Many, many religious communities do not eat meat during Lent at all. More common now, like especially in the Catholic churches, that folks might not eat meat on the critical days, like um, Ash Wednesday, every Friday, mm-hmm. um, and um, like Palm Sunday, things like that. Um, but... I, you know, just a little pop culture question, right? Have you ever noticed that this time of year, the filet fish sandwich at McDonald's goes on, like, super special? Really? Yeah. And oh. usually, sometimes on Fridays. That when I was growing up, it was often on Fridays. And it's, be- and it's because Lent is actually m- much larger in the culture than we even talk about, right? Like, even McDonald's has menu items, thinking about the fact that people might forsake meat and said take up fish. Right, so I don't know what the actual statistics behind that are like, but that is what I was told, and I that's and you see that actually during this period of time, like mm-hmm. they do special marketing around it. You'll start seeing your filet fish signs all over the place, um, and the idea of fasting, giving up something, you know, it's not just about you know observing our health or you know other kinds of exterior circumstances, though that is an important byproduct of fasting. It's it is about um, how it opens ourselves up to be able to be more self-reflective. Um, oh, and totally. That's, yeah. That was actually one of the beauty, beautiful parts of going through that, yeah. which I enjoy during the Lenten season. It's a great opportunity for self-reflection and also how am I living my life mm-hmm. and connecting with God as well as with others. That's right. Uh, and it's sort of, in, in a way, its own little trinity God, me, others. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, I think it's about practicing discipline. You know, is God going to be angry because we ate the French fries that we said we were going to give up for Lent? No, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we will have questions like, is this something that I can put to the side for now because of the way it challenges me? And I think when things start to challenge you, that's the um, the part where we're really invited into the struggle. And I think fasting also reminds us sort of, of, you know, that walk that Jesus and his disciples take to the, the final time that they're together is not without um, difficulty. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of difficulties, um, and they have to go without frequently, and they face a lot of, you know, violence. They face political um, oppression. They face people that they love and know beginning to doubt them. They go through a lot of stuff, right? Um, and our journey in Lent, our fasting, our putting ourselves in places where we're just a little bit uncomfortable, I think is a way of drawing closer to the experience that they also had. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I think fasting, and that's the traditional format, um, is best done when it's accompanied by also taking out a practice. Now, um, for me, that has been different things in different years, but in addition to giving something up, I always encourage people to think about, like, well, what can I take on totally. in my life, right? Totally. Well, it's, it's, all, it's, uh, it's not just a, oh, I'm fasting to give up. I think there's a way to fill in saying I'm gaining something. That's right. So I, I love what you're say, saying there. Uh, share a little bit more. So, you know, I mean, I think it could be anything. Like, I, I'd like to do three days of community service during this time, or um, I'm going to intentionally engage in you know, 20 minutes of meditation and prayer each morning before I begin my day, or something that you can set your own markers around that will allow you to open yourself up to God speaking to you in a different way. Um, I think that a big part of what we understand about faith is not just that we are on the receiving end of it, but that we're working on it, that we're challenging ourselves to grow, that we're leaning into the grace that comes to us without cost, and letting it transform us by being in partnership with God to seek new things in our world. Right. You know, it could be music. You could be practicing your banjo. One year that was for me what I did. You know, and I learned things from that as well. Um, well, I, I love that, Bridie, yeah. because if we think about it, just using it for example, uh, social media or mm. uh, TV watching, uh, if you cut out, let's just say just an hour a day, because Lord knows a lot of folks are on the social media and looking at that more than an hour or oh, yeah. on TV. But if you cut out one hour, suddenly you have, so you may be struggling with it, but the same, and Jonesen going, oh, yeah. got to check this out. But you go, no, I'm, I made a commitment. But then suddenly you've also freed up an hour. What are you going to do with that hour? Yeah. And for us, it's like figure out what you're going to do with that hour of connection with God. That's right. Uh, I, I really like that thinking process. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's this idea that um, this spiritual season, which really focuses on some of the harder experiences um, in the text, when we look at the text of Jesus and his journey, um, we, we have to acknowledge that it was not an easy walk for him. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important because our lives are not easy. Even those of us who are sitting with a lot of privilege and comfort have moments when we don't know where the answers are, where we're really struggling, where our hearts feel broken beyond our capacity to heal them, and we don't know how God is going to play out in our lives. We all have doubts in our faith journey. We all have questions. And I think that one of the beautiful pieces about Lent, about slowing down, about taking on an intentional fast, about opening ourselves for that extra hour with God or whatever it might be, also means that we're giving our space, ourselves space to really like wrestle with those questions and sometimes allow them to sit unanswered, right? I think we live in a society, in a world where not only we want immediate gratification, we want to believe that we can solve the problem right away, right? Like, isn't that yes. what Uncle Google is for? It tells us the answer like at our fingertips, but we know that life's struggles are not answered that way. Right, the best, I think one of the best things that Lent gives us and also being in this like intentional period of reflection is that we allow ourselves to converse more with God. And sometimes I think we're very eager to pray, but we don't have a lot of time to listen to what might come afterwards, right? So if we make more space in our lives, I think we have the chance to hear God speaking to us in different ways. Yeah, and, and what you're just sharing, yeah. 
also connects beautifully into our uh, last uh, sermon series, Breathe, That's right. uh, in which we just take in intentional breaths, intentionality, and I, and I think that's also part of the season of Lent, what is, in the world is Lent, and reminding ourselves to breathe. Yeah. Exactly. For me, um, this season, I'm going to be looking at this book. It's called Psalms for Black Lives, mm -hmm. Reflections for the Work of Liberation. And it's written by um, Gabby Cujo-Wilkes and Andrew Wilkes. Um, they're both uh, reverends and teachers who are coming out of New York City. I picked this up at the Southern Christian Leaderships Conference's dinner on uh, celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King's life. And, you know, it's, it says Psalms for Black Lives, and it is really oriented around the understanding um, that black people have a very different experience of life here in this country, um, and that there's a lot of work that needs to be done for it. I picked it up knowing that there's wisdom for me to learn from these reflections and these questions, and there's 30 of them. And so my commitment to myself is that each morning, starting on the day after Ash Wednesday, with the exception of Sundays, I am going to do one of the reflections from this book. Now, I haven't actually looked through it that much because I am um, wanting to open myself up to whatever might be there, you know, um, and I hope, I'm hoping that for me, um, it's going to help grow my understanding of what my role can be um, in the struggle for change and transformation in our culture, um, how I can be present in the struggle for change, but also a good ally, a good partner in ministry for the people that I work with, um, but also how I can be a better person, a better Christian person. And, and not because of just the content, but this idea of being intentional in prayer and reflecting on scripture on my own. And even as a pastor, I admit I sometimes need guides and helps and prompts to do oh, that yes. because we get so caught up in the work of what we're doing. Um, it's really good to have other voices to speak to us. And so yeah. this is what I'm doing. If anybody else <laughs> chooses to do it, uh, let me know what you think about it. But I'm excited about it. And the title of the book again is? Psalms for Black Lives, Reflection for the Work of Liberation. And it's by Gabby Cujo Wilkes and Andrew Wilkes. Fantastic. Yeah, it's available through Upper Room Books. Um, so it should be very good. So um, as we were coming toward a close on our conversation, uh, Holy Week is also within the season of Lent, correct? Yes, it is. So any kind of tie-in around this? Well, I think that's we're on the journey to Holy Week, basically. And so Holy Week holds a lot. There's Monday, Thursday, which is this powerful time to come together in prayer and historically the day of foot washing, mm -hmm. um, you know, which you could have a whole other podcast about. Um, Good Friday, which is a powerful time of following the steps of Jesus to the cross. And then, of course, Easter Sunday, the celebration of the resurrection. Um, this is like a ton of things happening in one week, right? And so I think that what Lent is doing is making us slow down and prepare for that moment. Um, and especially when it comes so close to Christmas this year because of the kind of calendar that we're on. Oh, yes. You know, usually we have like three months to get into the exploits of Jesus and disciples and his lives and the preaching schedule and really get down with, the, with this whole journey. But instead we have this really short period of time um, before Easter comes, between Christmas and Easter. So, you know, I think that this time, this really important time helps us appreciate and understand uh, Easter much better. And if I can share with you like one way that I'm starting 
this season. Sorry, I mentioned my book. But, you know, I think that these practices, this, this Lenten journey, right? We might think of it as like old school. Because, you know what? It comes from ancient traditions. Mm -hmm. There is something old school about it. Um, but it's really valuable in helping to not only tell the story of our faith, but to help us understand, you know, struggle, suffering, and conflict in our own communities and in our world. And so this Ash Wednesday today, um, as we post this podcast, not only will we have a beautiful Ash Wednesday service at Hollywood, um, but earlier in the day, I will be joining workers in downtown Los Angeles um, at the Hotel Figaro, which is a hotel where workers have been on strike since last July, mm. with five or six other clergy um, to do an Ash Wednesday service for them in the lobby of their hotel. Now, these workers have been fighting for better wages because they're facing real issues about the cost of housing, being able to afford appropriate and dignified housing for their families, having health care, being able to retire with dignity. Um, they have exercised their right to free speech, and they have struck, and just the last time they went on strike, um, they were assaulted by an unknown assailant mm. um, who shot at them with an air rifle, um, ball bearings from a distance, which is terrifying. Yes. It's terrifying. And so you have to ask yourself, after someone experiences that level of violence from a stranger, what is the thing that compels them to remain steadfast in this struggle to create change? Because it's not just for them or their families, it's for the community. And if you ask many of them, it's their faith. Mm -hmm. um, it's their faith that God is inviting them into something better for their future. And we will gather together in the lobby of that hotel to pray for repentance for the individual who did that harm, for the hotel to come forward and also repent and seek resolution with the workers, for the workers to bring forward whatever they're carrying with them through that journey that is not feeding them, that they want to lay down, mm -hmm. and they will receive ashes in this place where they spend almost their whole day. And, and it's symbolic, powerful spiritual action that is now centuries old that will take that space where a terrible act of violence occurred and redefine it as a sacred place where hospitality happens, where the welcoming of the stranger happens, where the feeding of the, the guest happens, where people gather together to do the work of providing for others. And um, to me, that's really exciting to think about how these pieces that we might think are just, you know, just something we do actually help shape a conversation um, help seek peace, help seek transformation. And that will kick off my Lenten journey for the next 40 days. That is beautiful. And I can't think of a better way to have concluded our podcast episode. So I want to thank Pastor Bridie for being with us today. And with all of our listeners, uh, thank you. Uh, we look forward to uh, you listening to this. Like it, share it, download it. Uh, do all these wonderful things. And also, hey... Connect with us for the next episode that will be coming up in March. But in the meantime, let us look at this season of Lent and in how we can uh, breathe, connect uh, with God, with ourselves, and with others. Peace. <laughs>